Hello and welcome to season two, episode five of Teacher Talk with me, Phil Bourne and Charlie Yates. Ooh. How you doing, Charlie? Yeah, good. I've dropped the chit chat uh, nice and quickly in this episode. Yeah, uh, no, I like. It. I think I think that's what worked about last episode. Us, us talking, keeping it, uh, keeping you on your toes. Yeah, of course. Uh, how you been? Yeah, been good. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. We're, we're, we're on a roll. This is now, it's only been a two-week gap since we last recorded. Yes. I actually know it was longer, wasn't it? Because we we, we, we sat on that episode for quite a long time. Yeah, but we released it, so the illusion's still there, right? Yeah. To, to the audience. Or we're, we're letting letting light into the, into the no, process. No, they can't hear this bit. They can't That's hear true. this bit. That's <laughs> true. Uh, how was Parents' Evening last night? We had you and Parents' Evening, so always a, always a big one. To be fair, it was... It was... I was expecting less students to attend. The the attendance rate I got for my class was actually pretty good. I had some good conversations, gave some revision resources out. It was actually one of the most useful parents' evenings I think I've had. Yeah, that's good. Particularly with COVID, I guess, as well. It's, it's a chance to actually, because I don't think I've ever met. No, no, it's been, so. it's been a long time since they've had a proper, uh, proper parents' evening. Yeah, no, good. What, what about you? All good? I've done a proper head of department. Uh, Job on mine. I've got I've got a very small year eleven class. Oh right, right. nice. Only fifteen in there. Uh, so um, of course you do. So yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I had some nice enough. nice conversations, yeah. which were which was good. Um, well, that's good. Got yeah. the got the the, the chat out earlier. Now, now, now let's get to business. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so today we're going to be looking at the legend himself, uh, Thomas Sheridan. Who got who got? He's uh, involved in lots of. Um, you know, educational books on pedagogy, you know, the Rosenstein principles and teacher walkthroughs. And uh, I he, think he's, he's quite influential he's, in our school. Yeah, he's kind of involved. I, 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 I think in many schools across the country. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who uh, are unfamiliar with him, I would uh, definitely look him up. He's got a great blog that he does regularly, and there is a bit of pushing of these books and stuff in there yeah. but uh it's it's really good and really uh useful information on there uh his blog is uh teacherhead.com and uh yeah i would recommend anybody to go and uh look him up uh today we were going to have a probably a shorter conversation than we uh, normally do now we do say that every week and uh <laughs> usually yeah. turns into a longer one but oh, oh, oh we've got that now recorded so potentially if this is now a 25 minute podcast yeah i'll, I'll take it back all right fine but i, I think I, I think it will be shorter <laughs> well i can't wait for concluding <laughs> thoughts now <laughs> <laughs> the article we're looking at this week is the art of modeling it's all in the handover. All in the handover. All in the handover. So, uh, look forward to discussing that with you. Uh, see you in a bit. So, I think before we get into what Sherrington says about the worked example and how that can help effective modelling, we're going to go back to 2015 and look at an article from Tess, um, which is designed to explain the pros of modelling and how it can be a really effective tool in the classroom. I think what we're going to find from reading that first is that, number one, there's been a lot of change over the last six years. There's been a real tightening up of the method rather than just the intent. And I think that's all this test article actually gives. Um, and with the intent, the whole idea is obviously you watch the expert. The expert gives you their perspective on how to complete an activity. And then a student hopefully, you know, is able to vicariously work through that themselves and then is able to do their own activity independently. Yeah, I mean, they talk about preempting problems and kind of planning out your explanation before you, you go there, which the principles are there of good modelling. Uh, but as you said, it's about tightening tightening that kind of process up so we can kind of reach all students. Because when you move on to the article uh, from Sherrington, he um, 
he starts off by giving this example of an English teacher who, uh, you know, they're modeling a, a bit of paragraph writing uh, and she, you know, she models the whole paragraph uh, and then she gets the students to write it down. Uh, he says the first problem with that is there's too much information and yep. it's too passive and students are just writing and there's no engagement with the, um, uh, with the, you know, the writing process. So she kind of breaks it down a bit more um, into kind of individual components, but still isn't getting that full kind of um, buy-in from the, yeah. from the from the students. And he kind of he uh, mirrors it to, uh, or not mirrors it, but the reason he gives for it not working is the person who's modeling it is an expert in the subject. Mm -hmm. So it would be like uh, me watching, uh, you know, Strictly Come Dancing. Which you do regularly. Which I, which I, which I do. Yeah. And thinking, and then just watching it and then just being expected to, uh, to, to do it. And actually, there needs to be a lot more nuances between <clears throat> modeling to get into the point where the students can, can do it. And I think that's been the development over the last six yeah. years because this original article doesn't say that. No. Instead, it's saying by watching that should be enough. And yeah. instead, we've got Sherrington's example or the worked example that is a little bit more interactive between student and staff. Well, actually, this one, you know, the, the TES one, the, the, the final point of, you know, what should be done is a don't overdo it, which is completely opposite uh, yeah you do need yeah. to overdo it you need yeah. to kind of have that real level of understanding in order to be able to model effectively it's a it's it's weird because it's in everything you do as well if you want to learn a new skill or pick up yeah. a new trade you have to actually do it before you then become the expert yeah it makes no i mean we we literally teach this at gcse history we literally tell them about you know doctors that would read books and then try and operate yeah well that doesn't really work they need to be in the operating theater yeah and then actually take part in those operations as well. Yep. So I guess in that sense then, let's kind of leave 2015 where it belongs um, and let's kind of move on with Sherrington then. So what Tom suggests as a uh, effective form of modeling is not innovative. It's the same as the Tezar school, but it's the, it's the steps in which you take to get to that endpoint which are, which are tightened up. So he still suggests a kind of um, you know a live modeling uh, section where you go through you, know, you go through the work with uh, with the student and he he talks about the worked example. Now the worked example for those of you who don't know is not you know something that students do um, uh, independently after a uh, a teacher explanation. It's something which the teacher and the students will go through uh, together kind of going through the, the thought process and doing all that stuff in terms of like picking out misconceptions and uh, potential pitfalls of where, where people might go, go wrong. Now, what he says, what Sherrington says, which is, um, which is different, is, is how you uh, disseminate that information to, to, to the students because there has to be a much more of a, a two-way conversation between staff and student and he kind of um, he likens it to a baton pass in a in a race. So Charlie, I don't know if you wanted to to, to go through uh, that process. Yeah. So so he basically explains how in a race, if you are seeing the baton hand over in a relay from the perspective of the audience, who are quite far away, it's very instantaneous. It, it happens quickly. There's not really very much in it. It's it's from one hand to the other. 
when actually in reality there's actually some communication going on between the two races. Uh, there is a little bit of a script here, Phil, if you want to go through it, and we can we can talk through what that relationship looks like. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. Do you, want, do you want to start off here? Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm... You're handing the baton over I'm to me. running the race. I'm going yeah, pretty quick I, here. I'm waiting for you, mate. So, Charlie, have you got it? Nah, Phil, not yet. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still with you. Grip harder. Have you got it in now? Nearly. Keeping holding. I'm nearly there. Okay, uh, I'm ready. I, I'm going to go. Okay, off you go. Go on, you can do it. And there we go. I'm on my way. I'm racing. And and now... That's the worked example. And that's how you're going to win the race. And that's how you're going to work the example out with the, with the students. And there we go. There we go. Podcast over, right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it's, a, it's important because all of those, even that example there, all of those little things show how much of the learning journey almost needs to be shared between the student and staff. And I think that's what's important for this for me is that if you are part of that journey for the student, you're actually showing your thought process as the expert. Yeah. You, what, what you can't do is just go, uh, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've done it with you. I've modelled. Mm. Why are you not getting it? Yeah. You know, you can't just say, well, here you go. Take take, take, take this information and get on with it. it it's, it's much more complicated than that. So do you have any real examples of where maybe in your teaching you feel like perhaps you you've maybe taken that prior approach of, of not modeling it through the worked example and it hasn't really yielded the outcomes that you wanted. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes you, you may not, you may not catch everyone that I've definitely been guilty of that where, you know, whether it's your, and it tends to be, you know, it's the weaker students that, you know, might, you're kind of pulling, pulling them along a little bit. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, if you see that they're right, and that is the the trap that you fall into. You see that they're writing because you're writing it as well, but it's that understand it's the understanding which isn't there. I think, yeah, because I'm just thinking back at some of the classes I've taught as well, and you almost get into that mood—not mood, but that feeling where you're kind of—I like, I just want you to have the right information yeah, down. Yeah. And the problem is, if that thinking process isn't going behind it, or you're not demonstrating effectively your thinking process, it's a bit redundant. Because yes, okay, they've got that evidence now. But it's interesting because the first article talks about not wanting a dependency culture. Yeah. I actually think this removes the dependency culture because I think this shows how the student and staff work together. Mm. I actually think by just giving the answer and showing what the answer is, yeah. that's where the dependency culture might lie. So it's, it's interesting how what was a kind of worry for the first article, I think, is actually a symptom of, of not working through a worked example of a student. So how do you ensure that students do stay with you in terms of that, you know, in that baton pass? How, what are the, what are the checks that you're, you're making as you go along? For me, it's a lot of dialogue. So I guess it depends because I guess you've got, you know, modeling something like an activity and then maybe modeling something like a skill that you might want to apply in, a, in an assessment. Yeah. So if I'm working through an activity, it will be a lot of conversation with my class. So let's say I've got an example of factual evidence and I need my students to decide um, is this factual evidence positive or is it negative for whatever inquiry I'm looking at? Rather than me going through and reading out that box and then showing the, the students, oh, look, this is negative. I'm going to highlight in this color. Mm -hmm. What I might do instead is um, go through the box, reading it with a student. So actual interaction of a student reading through it and then ask a student, OK, if we're going to pick out some phrases here that help us decide positive and negative, what phrases can we choose from? Then I can get a student interact with me, give me those phrases. 
Then a classroom conclusion. Well, if we've seen this phrase, it says this was a really bad thing. What do we think, positive or negative? And then that kind of AFL of, of, of the whole class saying, yeah. oh, it's negative, helps me then say, oh, right, we've worked through that together. Um, I suppose it's having enough examples to go through where you can get a good coverage of the class. Yeah. So, you know, you want to... You want to pick your high attainers, you want to pick your mid yeah. attainers, your low attainers. You know, what, what's the kind of, you know, do that thermometer check of the classroom? But I do think there are bigger examples as well where maybe it's a bit more of back and forth. So yeah. sometimes it might be a case of, let's say you, it's not just one skill you deploy in an activity, it's actually two. Well, I might start off the activity by the, the exact same method, how to do the first task. Okay, right, we've worked through that together. I want you to do one of them now, and then we're going to come back to look at the second activity. Um, and how we group that all together. So I guess for me, it's just about breaking it down so that every single step of the learning is understood. Mm. And also not just that every step of the learning is understood, but it's also understood why we're doing it. Yeah. What, what big picture does this inform? And I think that's what the worked example is supposed to do. It's supposed to show this is how you do it. This is why we're doing it. This is how you reach this outcome. Mm. I think sometimes it can be simplified down to uh I've, I've seen this before when they say uh i do it and then the teacher does it yep we do it yep we then do it together and we we do that thing together and then you do it yeah and i think that's probably what they're uh they're looking for and teachers now it's not it, it is more when you think about planning uh a lesson with the kind of centralized resources that you know, appear in most most departments. I mm. can't think of many many departments really anywhere where there's no centralized resources. This is this is the thinking. This is what needs to be thought about carefully. Yes. It's it's those kind of picking up those misconceptions, thinking about how you're gonna gonna give this information uh, to to a class, which I know sounds silly because you're gonna you're teaching a lesson, so you you think that would you know, be top of the top of the list but i think that is a um uh i think that is a shift in planning because it was always kind of obsessing about well what is the task what yeah. does the powerpoint look like what does the worksheet look like but that that's all done already for you know in lots of cases it's the fine tuning again it's, yeah it's the... and, 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 and sorry no I, no no go on, go on, go on, go on. I, and i think that is you know we see that sh and i think that i've seen that shift in the last you know five five six seven years of teaching that it, it frees up teachers time in order to 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 get these things right i think as well because i'm just going to go back a little bit because i know that i said about activity versus assessment as well mm. so i think with assessment you can also deploy the you know worked example quite well as because um, what we used to do and i don't think it worked particularly well was just provide an example answer. Uh, yeah. You know, this this is what a good, this is an excelling piece of work. Yeah. Now, what the shift has been, and this is the shift that you're talking about, I think, the shift now has moved from, here's an example answer, just write like that, and there you go, There's, you know, perfect. Yeah. Now it's got to a case where we're saying, well, this is an example answer, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to, you know, maybe mark this together and actually have a look at where the skills are. Yes. And yeah. if you're going to write this paragraph, you need to know what it is we're looking for. So let's work through what the different points are of this. Um, and that's a shift that I've seen within my own department over the last few years, that instead of it just being, here you go, uh, this, is, this is a good piece of work, off you go, write yeah. it down. It's now a case of, well, what can we do with this yeah. to help our own practice? And ultimately, you're making better better historians, better yeah. students yeah. from that, because they've got a, a, a finer understanding of the you know, the criterion needed for 
good quality work. Even though I've discussed, you know, how I approach assessments now and try, try and do this worked example um, strategy, I do find that sometimes, depending on the class, you know, different atmosphere in the classroom, different students, time even of day. yeah, literally time of day, windy outside. Yeah, as, or, as it rained a little bit. Or, yeah, a bit of rain. Yeah, can we see snow through the window? Exactly. Anything like that can... Bumblebee. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything like that can change the atmosphere of a classroom. And so there are times where I might do a worked example that works really well with 8B, but with 8C, it just isn't hitting the right markers. So I, I think uh, Tom Sherrington outlines this as well. There are times where you might have to take a step back and, and actually adapt the way that you use your worked example yeah well he, he, he even easier than that he says if it's not going well you need to break it down further well, exactly and so for me that might look like more discussion skills more back and forth with the class about you know how do you do this how have you worked on this or maybe even a further breaking down of, of the skills within the skills so I mentioned earlier activities that maybe have two skills being deployed if, if modeling that as an entire activity doesn't work, we'll break it down further. Yeah. And, and hopefully that's a way you can adapt and overcome any miscommunication. Because that's what he says, right? If, if it isn't working, adapt, break it down further. I mean, I, I, I know we're coming to the end now. I think that's, that's why he's been so successful in terms of writing, because it's not, you know, it's not rocket science here. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is, it's really simple, but it's really effective stuff. And it's, it, it's stuff which can be easily deployed into... Well, I said to you earlier, there are people that make a fortune off of this. Yeah. A fortune yeah, off of this. Yeah. And it's... You know, what, have, what have we said today? It's go through work with students. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you break it down into those individual steps. If, if they're not getting it, you have to break the steps down further. Yeah. But it's amazing how that doesn't go on. And I know, I know. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. And... But that's what I found with a lot of... The discussions we've had sometimes they are things that you go well, yeah of, of yeah. course but just by saying them you actually realize well so. am i doing that in every single uh, uh you know because instance? even though i say it's easy i know i don't do it yeah. every, every <laughs> lesson i know that definitely doesn't happen <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's good to reflect on it and yeah to, to have these have these conversations agreed agreed that's a pat on the back for both of us. I think we've done a really good job there. Yeah. And I think if well anyone done, if anyone does want to pay us for this, uh, you know, we'd be happy to accept. So, right, well, I guess that is um, episode, what is it, five? Yeah. Episode five of season two. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed it and feel you hats off to you. You were right, this was a shorter episode. You know, I can admit when I'm wrong. Um, We've got some chocolates in the office for you, so uh, there you go. Um, thank you ever so much for listening, guys. We've got some really exciting guests lined up for the next couple of weeks, and so please keep us on your radar because we're going to be going through things like feedback. Um, I think we've got a couple of articles on uh, displays as well. You know, are they are they as effective as they can be? I'm, I'm trying to rope the. Um... PDCs in on their, their... Oh, we'll get them. Yeah, we'll get them. I think they're going to come in and do Yeah, Charlotte Bolton, time. if you're listening, we're going we're to get them in. Right, thank you ever so much for listening, guys. We're going to send these articles out to you in an email. Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye.